Hello and good afternoon. Welcome to the Mike Dominic Show. I am, as always, Mike Dominic. What a shocker, right? Today is April the 21st. I can't believe it's not butter. I wish it was. So today I have a really interesting interview with a guy named Zeno Rocha. He's a JavaScript developer. We talk about that a little bit, but we really go into one of his products called the Dracula. You may have seen the Dracula syntax editor for various coding, you know, like VS Code, Sublime, uh, JetBrains, all that good stuff. But he's come out with something called Dracula Pro, which is, well, I'll let him explain a little better. I would say it's a kind of a souped up, very much improved version of that. That's actually a paid product. And funnily enough, he's doing pretty well with it using a service that I used to use called Gumroad, which allows you to distribute. I think you could do things other than software and you know tech stuff, but you could basically sell indie digital products online. Super interesting stuff here. I think it's a conversation um, that a lot of you will find interesting, especially if you're like me, where you like to kind of standardize your environment to, you know, look the same between machines. You know, if you have a work machine or a home machine or whatever, great conversation. I really take a listen. And if you are an independent developer yourself and thinking about coming out with an application or some sort of product, he's got it down. I mean, you know, he's raking in a really decent amount of money pretty quickly as an indie, something that, well, if you ever listened to my previous show, you know I didn't think was still possible. This is one of our more hopeful episodes. I think it's pretty good. I think you'll uh, definitely, if you're going that route, there's there's a lot to learn here. Links, as always, to everything uh, that he mentions are in the show notes. There's quite a few of them. As always, we're brought to you by the Mad Botter Inc. That would be my consulting company. If you need software developed, you should call us or email sales at themadbotter.com. Please follow me on Twitter at Dumanuko and follow the show, The M. Dominic Show. I will uh, talk to you guys later and do enjoy the interview. Bye-bye. Good afternoon, Zeno. How are you? Hello, I'm good, Michael. How are you? I'm great. Thank you for coming on, folks. This is Zeno Rocha. He's a, uh, well, he does a lot of stuff. You're a developer. Is that a fair characterization? Yes. I'm a front-end developer by heart. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And what technologies do you, uh, what's your drug of choice? Oh, man. JavaScript is my number one thing. I tried many other languages in the past, but I always ended up going to JavaScript in the end. Nice. Now we're talking regular JavaScript, right? We're not talking CoffeeScript or TypeScript or anything fancy like that? No, regular JavaScript. Good. You're just like me. I uh, <laughs> I, I don't like any of the. I call them knockoffs, but yes. <laughs> neither here nor there. So I have a confession to make. Mm-hmm. I am looking at this beautiful desktop background and I have PyCharm and WebStorm open mm-hmm. running this fabulous theme called Dracula Pro. Are you, You're not familiar with that, are you? <laughs> I am. I am. But tell me more. <laughs> You know, it's great. I've been running it. Uh, I think I, that's how I contacted you, right? On Twitter, because mm-hmm. I purchased it. Mm-hmm. In fact, what got me interested in having you on was I used to sell a few Mac desktop applications. Oh, this nice. is going back to like 20, 2008. Mm-hmm. Using Gumroad, which as far as I can tell, is the exact uh, distribution service you're using. Yes, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, so it really piqued my interest. So for folks who don't know, what is Dracula Pro? I'm, I'm sure they've seen the, uh, you know some of the tweets and things like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so Dracula is a project I started to have this unified uh, colors and themes across all your applications. So 
the way I feel it is that uh, we as developers, we're all the time using many different tools, right? We we have like this Batman belt with all of these different resources that we can access at any time to help us. And we are often on our terminals, on our code editors. Sometimes we use multiple code editors. Sometimes we... At work, we have Windows and uh, at home, we have a Mac OS or Linux. So there's all these different factors. And I truly believe on the cost of switching context and how that affects your productivity when you move from you're like working on your code and then now you have to check this ticket and oh man, now you have to switch context and now understand that ticket. So I believe on that for the tools that you use as well. So that's why I created this theme to have this unified experience across all your different apps. Great. I love it. Yeah. So it's it supports a number of editors. Let's see. I'm a JetBrains user. I use basically all of their IDEs. Mm-hmm. Um, I have it on Terminal. Well, what else am I missing that you support? Oh, man. There's so many now. But there's like the Terminal from macOS, Hyper, another Terminal, Windows Terminal, and then uh, for code editors, yeah, like all the JetBrains IDEs. IntelliJ, PyCharm, uh, you name it, uh, WebStorm. And then there are other less common editors that you you may think, but they're still super popular, like Notepad++. This is something I I remember using on 2010. And uh, people are still like, if you look, look at the numbers, man, it's insane. Like it's the most successful theme from the entire Dracula suite. So uh, really Notepad++. Uh-huh. Notepad++. I never, you know what? I would have assumed like VS Code or Atom. I never would have thought, wow. Yeah. No, it's crazy. Like the, the open source version of Dracula, there's more than a million downloads, active users actually, from the uh, VS Code theme. But still, the most accessed and the most downloaded is Notepad++. Pretty insane. You know, I would have lost that bet every time. So (laughs) you mentioned there's an open source version. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now, what's the business model here? So it's open source and then something else? Yes. So basically, the idea that I I wanted to do was uh, last year, I was like looking at all my open source projects and I was really interested in starting to like monetize one of them. I wanted to learn more about sales. I wanted to discover that world. But sales has always been this cursed word for me. I've always hated anything related to sales. I hated going to car dealerships and dealing with those types of people. Like I always hate it and something I always try to stay away from. And eventually I was like, okay, I see that Dracula is being super successful, super like people are liking, they enjoy it. And uh, I noticed other trends happening in the world too. We can dive uh, later on about those. But I decided to create this pro version. And the biggest difference is that with the pro version is that it's something that I created myself, which with much more intention in making a very high quality, something that when you use it, you can tell and you have support as well. So Besides that, there were like many other factors. I tried to be more mathematically accurate. So with the first Dracula theme that I created, it was something I just like picked random colors that I liked for my personal taste. I put it out there. Okay, some people liked it. Other people uh, didn't. 
but with Dracula Pro, I actually bought books about color theory. I studied oh, wow. compositions of colors and how you can create a color palette. I learned all these different terms that designers uh, know very well, but I had no idea about them. And I really I, I dove into this place to learn more about color. So that's how I built this one. Like I tried to make something that was they were all like unified and they work well together. So yeah, the, those are basically the difference between them. And the pro, of course, is a paid one where the open source is free. Yeah. Wow, that's super interesting. Mm -hmm. So how is that going? You know, I have some experience selling independent, uh, more, more apps, you know, mm -hmm. Mac application. And that was a, um, well, I haven't done it in what years? Wow, what years? Is it 2020? So I haven't mm -hmm. done it in 10 years is when I took the last one down. Oh, that's So awesome. it, Maybe you know, one was up a little longer, but it doesn't matter. It was kind of a rocky road, right? Mm -hmm. um, in particular, going the independent route. How, how's that going for you? Yeah, pretty well. Like I, I had this idea of creating this in December. I started reading more about it and thinking about like, okay, I'm really going to do this. I made the decision now. December was like a preparation and thinking about this entire process. I was traveling, so I was not executing anything, but I, I had that on my mind. And then January, I got back and with the New Year's holiday, that kind of thing, that period where the year is still starting, I have a full-time job, so it's not something that I can just abandon and do my own things. So I was like, okay, now I'm going to get this on my on my free time. And New Year's is always a, a good moment to do that. So I started doing that and I launched in February 11th. Yeah, February 11th. So right now today we are recording it's april 21st and i'm opening gum road now to check the sales numbers <laughs> in right real, now real time metrics updates real right here. time data lie. exactly exactly so it's been a month and 10 days and i made twenty-seven thousand a hundred forty-four and fifty-two cents. so so you're buying the beer after this right <laughs> <laughs> that's really good. That's impressive. So, so yeah. a month and two days, roughly $27,000. And that's all through Gumroad? Yes, all through that. All right. So it sounds like you got over your uh, displeasure with sales. That's for sure. Yeah, it's been a lot of learnings. I still believe I have a long way to go. But yeah, it's it's been really uh, fun and, and interesting to see. It's almost like something clicked after doing this. I never sold anything as an independent developer or solo developer and yeah it really clicks on your mind yeah, that's awesome so how are you promoting it how are you getting it out there mm -hmm. i can say there are two main three main distribution channels uh, that i have so one is definitely my social media profiles so i'm pretty active on twitter i do a little bit on linkedin and Instagram, but I don't see the same results as I see on Twitter. And it's my favorite one is the one that I feel more natural to it. Same here. Same here. Big Twitter fan. Yeah. I don't know what's about Twitter that is so interesting, but I feel like all tech people, they are drawn into Twitter for some reason. <laughs> and so I have also a mingling list, which is something that when I was reading more about sales and marketing tactics and things like this, it's something that people would tell all the time. Start a, a mailing list, start a mailing list, start a mailing list. And I always thought that, oh man, like this is such an outdated 
tip. I hate newsletters. I'm not a big fan. And whenever I get an email, I'm like, oh, I don't want to see this. I just want to see my regular emails. And I couldn't be more wrong about it. Email is really? still, yeah, email is still super relevant. It's amazing. It's really unique. I think it's the best channel you can have just because it's the one that you can have almost 100% control. I'm not going to say 100% control because that not be true. But with Twitter, Instagram, all these other players, even if you have a big following, you can never trust the distribution that you're going to have on those platforms. And with email, you can, right? You have your mailing list, you send the email. Yes, some might go to the promotions tab, some might go to spam, depending on how you're acting with your newsletter. But most of it, you know that you're going to have the distribution that you want. So, And it's a channel that you control. So that's another one. And the third will be the site. So I was never really actively doing SEO and optimizing for this. But it's something that I always try to keep the site clean and small and not bloated with frameworks and stuff like this. Always like plain HTML and CSS and that was it. And because the site was always fast and because the content on the site was relevant to people, then it gets a lot of access to. So that's another distribution channel. Uh, people organically going there, uh, the organic traffic that the site already brings. And then people see, oh, there's a new pro version and now they can get it. So I would say those are the three main distribution channels. That's very cool. So for your emails, are you using something like a MailChimp or how's, how's that? Exactly. Work? Yeah. Plain and simple MailChimp. <laughs> I know. You know what? <laughs> Everybody posts about that on LinkedIn and I've never bought it. So that's interesting. So MailChimp. All right. Yeah. MailChimp. And it's like the, the what I'm seeing today, this is actually a tip that I would recommend is that when people sign up for something like MailChimp, they look at the templates and they see all these cool images and colors and illustrations that people do on emails and if you really search about what really converts it's none of those things it's always like the plain text small emails and just like what you would see a, a regular human being sending and not like a machine sending to a hundred thousand people lists so the old kiss principle right keep it simple stupid yes exactly i love it so it sounds like things are going pretty well for Dracula. Is there, mm -hmm. what's next? Man, that's a great question. There's so many things. So <laughs> when I first started this, I wanted to make sure that this project would cause some sort of transformation for people, right? So it's really tricky if you think about it, because you don't see many people selling syntax highlighting colors, right? It's not something, it's oh, not know. a, yeah, it's not an usual product at all. And I really thought that nobody would buy it for real. I thought this was okay. Maybe some people will like buy just because they're friends with me. They like me. They want to support my work, but I was really not counting on the success that it, it had become. So, but when I was doing this, I'm like, okay, I'm doing all these themes. They sound cool. And then I'm like, okay, I'm going to add fonts because that also affects your productivity and I think this is it. This is cool. And then I looked at it and, and I thought, okay, you can have the best colors and the best themes in the world. 
you can have the best font in the world, uh, but if you don't cultivate habits that make you more productive, this is all for nothing, right? You're not going to be really effective as you, you could have been. So one thing that I included on Dracula Pro was this ebook. And once again, I never wrote a book in my life. I have no idea what I'm doing. But I'm like, okay, I know I know a lot of people that work in really nice companies like Google, Mozilla, Spotify, like you name it. And I have friends working on those companies. And I myself as a developer, I've been for many different things. I had to face many different challenges. So I can see also like, okay, what makes a very good senior developer? What's a junior developer should look for? What are the pitfalls that you normally see with someone starting like, oh, they try to be fancy and write code in a way to show that they are smart instead of thinking about the maintainability of the code. Okay, so those are trends that you start seeing in your career as you progress. Right. And I'm putting all this together in a book. So this is the next step for sure, making sure this is available for people. And then, yeah, just thinking, this was a good question because this week I was thinking about this. Okay, like after the book is done, what's next? And people have been asking me for like merch, so stickers and laptop covers, that sort of thing, which is cool. I want to do, I think those real products are awesome. But I don't know, I think there's a lot of room for just better understanding the tooling that you already have. I don't feel like people use 100% of their full potential or whatever they are using. I'm a sublime text user. I don't think I use 100% of sublime. I always try to look for the most productive things that you can do, the little tips and tricks. And I think that's available for every single editor, every single thing that we use. You know, I know for the JetBrains IDEs, there's so many cool things they, they offer. Yeah. Yeah. So I just discovered their new HTTP engine where you can pre-script HTTP requests to test out your APIs. I've only been using JetBrains for like eh, seven years, eight years, wow. something like that. Mm-hmm. That's just, awesome. Just happened <laughs> upon it with the wrong keyboard shortcut. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. So, so let me ask you then, because I, I know we have a lot of folks who listen to, not listen to them rather, who like to code in Sybil. Mm-hmm. Give us your favorite tip for Sublime. What's a, you know, what's a kind of power user move? Nice. Yeah. So one of the reasons why I love Sublime is the fact that it's very fast. And uh, I sure. like being a front-end developer, everybody moved to VS Code after like Microsoft released it and it got super popular. I still can't get used to uh, VS Code because of the speed that I get on Sublime. So I don't know, for some reason I feel faster doing things on Sublime. And my favorite thing over there is the multi-cursor selection. So you can imagine you have, I don't know, maybe this is on uh, the JetBrains IDs, but I'm not aware. But imagine you have like 50 lines of code that you can see on your screen and four lines of those codes of that code is contains like the same type of text, but it's not something that you can search really easily. There's like, there's maybe a character in the middle, something like this. But what you can do is you can actually create a selection on those four different lines within those 50, and you can type something that will be displayed across those different lines. So it's a pretty crazy concept, but I really like it because you can do those 
crazy refactorings, let's say, easily. And you can, yeah, just use those multi-cursor selections. Yeah, that's that's very cool. And for the record, I have no idea if JetBrains has that. But I have a feeling it's in a menu somewhere that I've never <laughs> opened. So what should I have asked you that I didn't know or just failed to ask you? Wow, that's a great question. I think if you're looking uh, to be a a solo developer selling your software and selling the things you create, like Mac apps and things like this, the advice I would give is just to be very critical about the decisions you make instead of just following what other people are doing. For example, give one uh, that I see all the time, SaaS, right? SaaS is a great pricing model. I think it's the best pricing model ever invented. You get long-term commitment from users. They pay very little, so it's not a big of a deal when they are paying monthly, but then over time, you create a relationship and then you can actually make a lot of money if you scale that business to have millions of users, right? So SaaS is amazing. But what I see is that everybody uses SaaS for everything. So they feel like everything is a subscription nowadays. And I believe that there's some sort of subscription burnout, <laughs> I would say, where if you absolutely go to a site and it sounds cool, like I'm pretty sure everybody can relate to this. You go to a site and someone told you it's super awesome. You go there and you see this, you're like, oh, this page is cool. And you see the product, oh, this is interesting. And then you go to the pricing table and then there's this, oh, it's X per month. And even if it's $4, $3, you are going to consider that very well because you know that it's another subscription that you're adding you already pay for netflix hbo go because you gotta watch westworld and like there's all these other things that you pay monthly and now you're adding another one and you know the how those things they pile up and it gets crazy over time so as a developer I would say consider other business models. In my case, making a one-time payment, really worth it. And this is not the best solution for everybody. I don't think this is definitely the best model that you can you can do. But in my case, it's very similar to a book where I spend a lot of effort doing the theme. But once it's completed, there's very little support. Yes, I have to do support and it's not something fun to do. But yeah, it's it's doable. I can do it and it's not huge. It's like when you're writing a book and then after like a month, someone finds something to fix or you make a new edition of that book and then you launch. So for me, I did that and it worked great because when people go to the site, they s- progress through the landing page, they see all the sections and then they, they see, oh, this is interesting. Oh, that's nice. Oh, I like this. I want to buy it. And when they go to the pricing table, it's like, okay, there's one thing that you buy and that's it, you know, you now you don't have this relationship for two years that right. you're going to be committed to. So I think this is a strength and I would recommend other people to consider those other options and not just do something because other people are telling you. It's like picking your, your code editor. Just don't use VS Code because everybody's telling you to use VS Code or don't use Sublime because I said that I use Sublime. <laughs> just do your Absolutely. own work. Yeah. Yeah, you have to find the right tool for you. I mean, it's, you know, doing a lot of Ruby development. Let's just say Ruby Mine, well, I think it's becoming more popular. Mm-hmm. It's definitely not what you're going to see on the screencast, particularly, you know, years ago when I first started doing Ruby, it was Vim or nothing. Yeah. Right? 
So, and I have to admit, I did use Vim for a while and I kind of ended up, you know, I realized that sometimes tooling helps, though please Vim people don't send me angry emails. <laughs> um, obviously the right answer is Emacs anyway, so <laughs> enjoy that. Zeno, I appreciate it. Now, I always have one very hard question to wrap things up with. This is mm-hmm. a killer. People usually leave screaming. It's There's profanity. It's bad. What does your daily driver workstation look like in terms of hardware, OS? And we already know Sublime Text is your editor. So, mm-hmm. so I have a MacBook Pro, and I'm actually changing that because it's one of those newer MacBook Pros where the keyboard is is new. But my I'm painfully familiar. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you mean the good keyboard? You have the new, new one. No, no. I have the previous one, the new, oh, yeah. but not the new, new. <laughs> so yeah. my command key, I press command all the time. I don't know. It's just something I do all the time. And the key is falling out. And this is the second MacBook that my key is falling out. So I'm asking the company that I work for to get the new, new. So I don't have that problem anymore, hopefully. <laughs> and I also have the escape key again. So that's my computer. I love Mac OS. I also tried other OSs before because that's what people told me. When I had Windows, everybody said that Linux was better. So I, I installed Ubuntu and then I used Ubuntu and everybody told me that Mac OS was better. And then I used Mac OS. But after using all the tree, I prefer Mac OS for the type of work that I do. In terms of software, I use Chrome. I love the dev tools that they have. I use TickTick as a personal to-do list. Oh, I use, yeah, I use Hyper as my terminal. Uh, what is Hyper? I'm not. I'm actually not familiar with Hyper. Oh, okay, so Hyper is a terminal emulator that Zite. Do you know Zite, the company? I do not. This is all no? new to me. Oh no problem. So uh, Zite is a company that they did like they created a tool for deployment similar to Heroku and tools like this. And they did this terminal emulator that is all in JavaScript. So because I'm a JavaScript enthusiast, I am using that. And I use, actually, this is pretty new. It's called Rome Research. And this is an app for note taking. So this is what I use for notes. It's pretty cool because they do like some graph linking. So you can have one article, it links to the other, and then Every single bullet point that you have is a different article in itself. Crazy concept. Check it out. Oh, wow. And another one that I really love, which I really recommend, but it's it's not for everybody. But I'm using Superhuman for the email client. So I don't use Gmail anymore, even though I love Gmail. But I super fell in love with Superhuman. And it's actually a paid email client. I pay 30 bucks per month. So this is insane. Wow. It, this is that's insane. That's really. insane, right? And still, what? I pay for it. And man, I don't see myself canceling. I'm using for streaming. Like, I'm using. What for, does it write the emails for you? No, it doesn't. But it has so many things that I can like. First is yeah. There's so much. I, we could do a whole episode on this. <laughs> but it's super awesome, and I'm using that, and I'm loving it. I like it. Yeah, it transformed the way I used email. So yeah, and those are the the tools that I use. All right, well, we'll include uh, links to those in the show notes. Thank you very much for coming on. uh, Yeah, great luck. I'm I'm a very happy Dracula Pro customer. I'm looking forward to the book. Awesome. Thank you so much. Bye-bye, everyone. Thank you. Great day. Bye-bye.